Welcome to Gross Point Blank. I am Josh Gross, joining you on The Athletic, talking about the world of mixed martial arts. Um, it's with a heavy heart that I'm doing this show this week. Of course, it's the last episode of GPB in this format for The Athletic. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss you guys. Appreciate the support as always, of course. And you can still... Read my stuff on The Athletic, No Sweat, I'll be there. And you can also check out the Man in the Myth podcast. It'll be the anchor podcast for Mixed Martial Arts on The Athletic. Highly uh, recommend that show with Sean Alshadi and Chuck Mindenhall. If you're not a subscriber, go subscribe. Go check out their stuff. Really, really good. Um, so, yeah, again, a little heavy heart here as I begin this week. Um, but we're wrapping it up. And, you know, you don't come from me sitting here whining about my life. Uh, you you want to know about the world of mixed martial arts. And uh, that's that's fine because there's still a lot going on. There is a UFC title fight coming up this weekend uh, in Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia. It's Joseph Benavides taking on the Brazilian Davison Figueiredo. Uh, this is a good fight. This is a good fight in a weight class that doesn't get it to do, never really got its due, unfortunately. Uh, one of the greatest fighters that we've seen over the last 15 years, over the last 20 years, since the existence of MMA became a thing, really. Uh, Demetrius Johnson dominated that weight class. He left, of course, is now fighting for one championship. Um, and here we go. We're going to crown another champion in this weight class. Um, and I think that's a really important thing because the men at 125 um, are excellent competitors, some of the best in the world. And they deserve this shine. They deserve this opportunity to fight for a belt that most people, most casual fans consider uh, the preeminent title in mixed martial arts. And look, I think if you're thinking about this fight in a few different ways, right? Joseph Benavides is one of these fighters uh, above 30 fights, has been around the game forever. For as long as you've probably been watching the sport, you've probably seen Joseph Benavides doing his thing at the highest levels possible. I mean, we're talking about a guy whose five losses, four of them are to Demetrius Johnson and to Dominic Cruz, right? Four of his five losses to Demetrius Johnson and Dominic Cruz. The, the one loss that gets thrown in there, a split decision in 2018 to Sergio Pettis, very close. But other than that, I mean, you know, Benavides has been a rock. A rock in this weight class, very successful at 135 when he was competing there. And... You know, he gets his chance to have a strap, again, put around his waist. It has not gone his way in previous opportunities. Now he gets maybe, I would I would hazard to guess, the last opportunity of his career. And so he has spoken about this, I think, in realistic terms. He understands what's in front of him. Um, not putting too much pressure on him. There was a great uh, Q&A with uh, Sean Alshadi, a conversation that went up on The Athletic on Thursday to get a real sense of where his head is at in front of this opportunity, go check that interview out. And I I would say that Davison Figueredo can absolutely win this fight. He is a threat to Joseph Benavides. He is excellent in a lot of different places. Um, but again, he's not infallible. He lost last year to Juicier Formiga. It was the first loss of his career, right? He's come back and won two fights, looked good in both of those. Alexander Pontaja is not an easy guy to, to, to beat. He, he outpointed him. Tim Elliott, not an easy guy to stop. He caught him in a guillotine, stopped him. So that, you know, he had a good run in the UFC. This is a deserving uh, contender. They're both contenders because there's no defending champion here. I, I, I like this fight. It's, I think it's hard for fight fans maybe to get super excited about this weight class, especially considering the UFC can't really fill out 15 contenders 
ranked fighters in that weight class. There's not enough depth there. But look, I think based on what Joseph Benavides has done throughout his career and the potential of a guy like Figueredo, you know, it's there's there's stuff to watch. There's stuff to watch. Now it's not getting me as amped as I was last week, right? When we had a smorgasbord of mixed martial arts, like basically every MMA promoter in the world was doing something. Plus you had Wilder Fury. And if you heard me last week, you know that I was really amped for that fight. Didn't quite work out uh, the way I think most of us would have hoped, just in terms of a pure battle, a pure war in that heavyweight uh, division for a championship belt. Instead, it was all Tyson Fury. And fair play to him. I mean, he he came out and put on a really good contest and hurt Wilder early. And it seemed like watching that fight in the moment that he had busted up Wilder's eardrum and the the man couldn't retain his balance and he couldn't find his power because he couldn't generate any power. He had no legs. The stoppage felt totally fine to me. And I think it was justified. Um, But then you come in the aftermath of it and, and Wilder's like offering maybe the wackiest, one of the weakest excuses for losing a, a championship fight at that level that I've ever heard. And he's deserving of criticism for his excuse making on that one, quite honestly. Um, but, it, you know, again, it's like it was one of these events that draws people out to the bars to get them excited. And that's just not ever going to happen at 125 I, in boxing or in MMA, period. Uh, at least on the at least on the men's side, there's going to be flyweight champion uh, women who I think draw huge crowds and are culturally relevant and important. But on the men's side, it's just such a difficult thing, right? And the calculation is so different. Of course, there's no comparison between Wilder Fury and Benavides Figueroa. I'm not trying to make that comparison. But even if you had someone who was great and had a huge personality because that was the one criticism about Demetrius Johnson, right? He doesn't have the personality to get people over, to get people excited. Uh, you know, some people need that stuff. I don't. Um, but I think it's going to be very difficult for this division to be a money division, right? Um, and yet, the UFC is sticking with it, and it's a great thing that they're sticking with it. And I think you have to give Henry Cejudo some of the due there, right? Um, I, I think a lot of us would have wanted to see Benavides fight Cejudo again, they had a very tight fight last time out, split decision that went to Benavides. Uh, but look, Cejudo gave up that title. Now he's going to be fighting Jose Aldo for the 135-pound belt. He's defending the title in Sao Paulo. There's been a lot of criticism as that bout was announced about, how does Jose Aldo coming off two losses get, get that fight? But I, I think we got to wrap our minds around this. And if this is sort of like a last, a last message if I can impart one as I'm doing my last gross point blank on the athletic is that um, we, we should expect this from mixed martial arts. We should expect that certain fights will get made where the math doesn't add up. If you're, if you're looking through things through a sports prism, right? It just, it doesn't, it doesn't add up, but this is hardly the first case. This has been going on for a long time. I think it's, a practice is becoming more um, more commonplace. It feels like it's just how things operate now, right? Um, there was some method to the madness of the Joe Silva era, I felt like, and of course there were moments where there wasn't. But generally there was a constant tournament, a constant tournament for Joe Silva's UFC and his the way that he was making matches. And, you know, I, I think that, 
it's a shame if we get away from that entirely. And I don't think we're going to get away from that entirely in the UFC. I think, you know, if, if you're looking at something where title defenders have to work their way up through a certain series of events and really claim a portion of that contendership, you know, that'll still exist. And, and it needs to exist, really. Um, I, th- I think the criticism of the UFC rankings and the criticism of how the UFC does this, some of the matchmaking, and it's not just the UFC, but we're talking about the UFC now because they have a title fight, but just mixed martial arts in general because the way the sport is structured. You have each promotion is its own silo. Inside that silo, you have some formula for how fights get made, how fighters get title fights. What is the superseding uh, thing that is leading to this fighter getting a shot or not? And too often, I think we're getting down to, uh, you know, the entertainment quotient, the entertainment factor. So no, I'm not surprised that Jose Aldo is getting a, a title shot at 135, a weight class where he is zero and one. And yes, I think there's a lot of people who felt that he beat Marlon Marias last time out. I wasn't necessarily one of them, um, but I, you know, I, it's it's important that we keep some sports structure to this thing. Otherwise, it's going to go totally off the rails. And fights are just going to get made for reasons that don't serve the audience, don't serve the fighter. And they're sort of like these one-off bouts that I really feel detract from the overall nature of the sport. And the one thing I've been advocating for a long time, I think almost for the full 20 years that I've been uh, around mixed martial arts as as a reporter, as a journalist, that, you know, the best of fighting the best, understanding who's a true champion and recognizing those men and women for that accomplishment has to be the overarching reason why we're paying attention to any of this. I mean, it honestly has to be. I have no interest in just watching people fight to fight. I, I don't. Uh, you know, the rest of this card on Saturday in the UFC, there's a lot of bouts on there that I'm, I'm not going to pay close attention to. There will be bouts that uh, I think are under the radar, don't get played up, and, and should be closer, uh, be paid closer attention to. It really depends on what your perspective is. But for me, if I don't have that hook, if I don't have that hook of like either these people are working to become the best in the world or they are the best in the world and they're defending against a would-be challenger, I don't get it. I don't get what the point of everything that's happening in this sport. I don't get it. Okay, you're, you're probably listening to think, well, are you stupid? I'm not stupid. I, okay, money, sure. Entertainment, sure. Content, sure. People tune in and watch, I get it. The, the sport itself, like the actual dynamics of what makes martial arts is captivating in, in, in a real way that you can sit down and watch an amateur fight or you can watch a pro fight at the highest level and and you're going to find something if you're into this form of competition that's going to be compelling and and lock you in. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But to to maintain the health of mixed martial arts over the long term, you know, I kind of have hammered this point home. It's one of the reasons that I'm a proponent of uh, cross-promotion. It's one of the reasons why I feel like the folks that lean into if you're not in the UFC, you're not worth anything are so misguided and so deluded about what they're actually watching. And they're actually like really disruptive and negative towards the larger sport. When you look at it that way, that I am, I am, 
yes, I'm advocating for the idea that we have to know who the best fighters are and they have to be tested regularly against real contenders. And, and this can't just be, oh, it happens three or four times and then you get a couple entertaining bouts and then go back to that formula again, right? Look at just the way that people talk about Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor winning titles, fighting for titles, created an air about him, built a reputation that the public can embrace, but then you slip. You, you go away for a few uh, years. You don't win the fights that maybe people think you should win. And, and that is damaging. And why is that damaging? Because exactly the reasons that I'm talking about. Because the power of victory, the power of championships and legitimate championships and the power of knowing who the best in the world, that's, that's like a tangible thing that has a lot of meaning and we should not gloss over. And I don't know where this Benefitas-Figueredo fight fits into all of that. This doesn't feel like an entertaining fight in the sense that it's not for the eyeballs, it's not for the mass consumer, it's not for the casual. It could be a highly entertaining mixed martial arts bout. I expect it to be. I mean, anything that we know about Benavides says he's an exciting fighter. He is a guy that knows what he's doing. He is all over the place. He's a scrambler. Figueredo, definitely an exciting fighter. He can bring it. He's a finisher. You know, I, I think there's a lot of elements uh, to this contest that you should feel really excited about. But I get why people won't. And I get why on Saturday night, there's going to be a large segment of the fight-watching population, people who tune in for casual mixed martial arts, who aren't going to give a damn about a pair of 125-pound fighters going after one another. I've never wanted to do this podcast for those people. This, this show has never been for those people. This show has been for people who, presumably like you, if you're listening, really grasp on to the root of why this thing matters. And I guess that's been my message all along. And, and what I still hold on to is, is I think about the sport of mixed martial arts, where it can go, where it's headed, where it really breaks through and why it breaks through. You can have fighters from different areas of the world and they can be marketable. But if they're not winners, if they can't fight for championships and like legitimate championships, their, their value is stunted. Their ability to get over, to draw in audiences is stunted. So when I sort of talk about this thing, and I don't want it to feel like I'm lecturing about this. I mean, I feel like I've talked about it so often, but um, it is important and it is critical that when we think about some of these fights and understand why they get made and why they don't get made and what's happening and, and, and what should really juice us up about uh, a, a contest that's in front of us, you know, it, it, it takes all layers. Very rarely will you have fights that hit on all categories. They happen and they're huge and they're great. And I can think of a Khabib Nurmagomedov-Tony Ferguson fight, right, in April. This is coming. I can think of other fights along the way where you check off all the boxes. And those are special moments. Those are really the ones that keep us, um, keep us sane. You know, they do as consumers of this crazy sport. Matches like that keep us sane because they ground us. They get us back to a place where we understand the full contest and picture context, excuse me, and picture of what it is that we're spending our time on. And so, I, again, just feel that. 
feel that as you tune in on Saturday night to watch Joe Benavides and Davis and Figueredo. Feel that. There have been great champions in this sport. Champions who did it for their own variety of reasons. Whatever the reason was. But they were great. And those are the ones that have driven this sport forward. And without the real great ones, without the true champions, without the fighters who didn't need the entertainment quotient, who didn't need some of these extracurricular, out-of-the-sphere kind of pieces of uh, what a lot of people really crave, without those folks, um, I I think everything that we're talking about, everything that we're watching feels a lot less important. And it can't just be about the violence. It cannot be just about the violence. And it's definitely not for me. And I'm not the bloodthirsty watcher of this stuff. Absolutely not. Too much respect for the athlete. Too much understanding of the price that they put their, themselves through, really. I mean, you, you think about, you, you get it, right? The big picture risk on all of this. And there's been so much reporting about the effects of what mixed martial arts is doing to the lives of athletes and things like that. Um, but just the sacrifice, like pay homage to the sacrifice of a Joe Benavides who has fought for years and years and years and lifted himself out of difficult situations of his life. You know, if mixed martial arts hadn't come along in Joe Benavides's life, yeah, none of us would know who he is. He, he may not be a productive member of society, honestly, and I'm not taking that too far. This is, this is a man who had to make hard choices for himself in sports and competition allowed him to persevere, gave him the vehicle to persevere. Davis and Figueredo allowed him now to lift his family up. These are real things. You know, these are important things. And it can't just be glossed over in sort of a secondary or even a third thought. It can't be an afterthought. It's got to be at the forefront of the way that you think about the way these men and women perform and prepare, and kind of live this life. This is a lifestyle for these athletes. This becomes their life, for for the vast majority of them at least. And that's what I think about as I look forward to this flyweight fight on the weekend. Um, I don't want to get too much into breaking down the card. Uh, There's some good bouts worth watching. There's some stuff that's not really worth watching, as I said. Um, you know, and I say that and it sounds arrogant, but it's true. I mean, there's some fights on here that if they were on a Bellator card or a one card or anybody else, people would be like, oh, I don't know, zero interest. So, you know, we shall see how this uh, event plays out in Virginia. I know most of the focus should be on the main event. It's a title fight in the UFC 125 pound weight class. And, uh, that, that's a, that's a thing to celebrate because for a while here, we didn't know that that would exist. We didn't know that that would continue. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, the UFC deserves credit for continuing it because it's a reflection of the sporting element of what they do. There's literally no incentive for them to continue in this weight class. It's not like Bellator's out there picking up 125-pound fighters. Scott Coker's on record saying, I'm not into it. It's just not going to happen, you know? So, th- so the, these fighters, and I think fans should recognize that the UFC is stepping up and promoting this weight class. And it's a good thing that they are because it, there are some tremendous, tremendous mixed martial arts that happens in this weight class. There's no doubt about it. I'm expecting another good clash 
on um, on Saturday night. So that's it for my thoughts. Um, you know, I uh, again, I want to thank you if you've listened along the way. If you've thought about this show, if anything I've ever said has sparked some interest in you or made you think about the sport in a different way, you know, I, I appreciate you listening. And um, yeah, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for uh, all our stuff on The Athletic and hopefully some cool audio content along the way. I know this format is going away. Again, uh, please subscribe to Man in the Myth with Sean Alshadi and Chuck Mindenhall. They are going to be the anchor uh, MMA podcast for The Athletic. They do a great job. Listen to their stuff. Uh, they deserve it. And um, I hope you uh, you keep uh, checking in on the website. Keep checking out the great content that we're churning out um, because uh, – you know, it's it's a really good platform to have journalistically, and uh, I'm I'm still grateful to be there. Um, okay, thank you so much for listening to Gross Point Blank on the Athletic. I am Josh Gross. <laughs>